From the Wall Street Journal, here are five things you need to know in What's News. GOP health bill clears a hurdle despite opposition. Republicans in Congress scored a victory early Thursday, pushing a measure through a House committee to repeal tax penalties on Americans who don't obtain insurance. But opposition to the health overhaul remains strong. U.S. wrestles over plan to take Raqqa from Islamic State. U.S. hopes of capturing Islamic State's Syrian stronghold of Raqqa have become entangled in an intense debate over the offensive that is threatening to delay key decisions for weeks, according to U.S. officials. AIG CEO Peter Hancock to resign after turnaround plan falters. AIG said Chief Executive Peter Hancock will resign after two years at the helm of the giant insurance conglomerate, following a major setback in its turnaround plan. Hoteliers cast Airbnb as fast-growing professional rival. In its quest to prove Airbnb is more than a casual home-sharing service, the hotel industry has issued a stinging analysis of the website that casts the company more like a professional short-term rental operation. Micromanager-in-Chief Modi upends how India is run. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has emerged as India's most powerful leader in a generation, but his forceful leadership style is facing a major test in local elections. He is changing the way the country is governed, keeping cabinet ministers on a tight leash and micromanaging the stubbornly independent bureaucracy. From the Wall Street Journal, here are five things you need to know in tech. Assange, WikiLeaks will help tech firms defend against CIA hacking. CIA lashes out against WikiLeaks, saying founder Julian Assange is not exactly a bastion of truth and integrity. Hoteliers cast Airbnb as fast-growing professional rival. Industry analysis characterizes website as more like a sophisticated rental operation than a casual business. It's time for VIPs to take the hacker threat seriously and personally. WikiLeaks' purported CIA hack shows that old iPhones and laptops, not to mention web-connected TVs and baby monitors, put you and your organization at risk. Uber to stop using grayball tech to target officials. Company officials says it will respond to inquiries by a number of organizations that reached out for information. Amazon seeks fresh investment in India with new grocery service. Online retailer wants to sell groceries directly to consumers. From the markets section of the Wall Street Journal, this crazy expensive stock market is for speculators, not investors, by James McIntosh. Bull markets are born on pessimism, grow on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die on euphoria. Sir John Templeton Eight years ago today, investors were more pessimistic than they had been in many decades. Stocks had crashed back to where they stood almost 13 years earlier. Banks were failing, and comparisons to the Great Depression of the 1930s were routine. It was a great time to buy. Fast forward to 2017, and the S&P 500 has stormed up 254% from the March 2009 low, money is pouring into shares, confidence is high, and stocks expensive. On the model used by legendary British investor Sir John Templeton, the aging bull market is definitely sustained by optimism, and perhaps already becoming euphoric. For investors, this creates a dilemma. Chase the returns a final blowout would bring, or switch to cash now to survive the bear market that might follow. The decision depends on the assessment of the risks and rewards of chasing a shift to euphoria. 
Bank of America Merrill Lynch recently upgraded its forecast for the S&P 500 at the end of this year to 2450, after the index powered through its previous prediction of 2300. Strategist Dan Suzuki said that valuations look high, but noted the upgrade was driven by increasing investor optimism. It's euphoria taking hold, Mr. Suzuki says. We're in the cautious camp on valuations. We're just trying to recognize that that's not what drives markets. Looking back over the past 80 years of market cycles, the minimum blowout in the final two years was 30%, with many bull markets ending in a much bigger splurge before the bust eventually arrived. Put another way, the market's not really worth more, but exuberant buyers will chase shares higher anyway. As veteran strategist Ed Yardeni of Yardeni Research puts it, to make money from here, you're not making it as an investor, you're making it as a speculator. The reason for caution is the high valuation of every dollar of earnings, even as profit margins are high compared with history and companies have a lot of leverage. A return to historically lower margins or valuations would hurt, while adding debt becomes harder the more companies have. Still, valuations have been higher, notably in the 2000 bubble, when they went to levels never seen before on every widely used measure. There's little sign of dot-com-era excesses, Snap's IPO pop accepted, but the period has become the standard comparison for today's valuations. Doug Ramsey, chief investment officer of the Luthold Group in Minneapolis, reckons there could be gains of 36% to more than 100%, depending on the valuation tool used, if dot-com peak levels were reached again, although he doesn't expect that. But today's market is very different than the late 1990s, when gains were concentrated in big telecoms, media, and technology stocks. Today, pretty much everything is expensive, and the valuation of the median stock is much closer to where it was at the turn of the century. Indeed, Mr. Ramsey calculates that even with what he calls an outlandish and probably irresponsible assumption that median valuations rise to match dot-com levels, the S&P...